the series we're in is called Better, and Jesus is Greater. And Jesus is greater than what the Old Testament tried to give us through sacrifices and things like that. Jesus was greater. He was the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is greater than, than the trials that we'll, that we'll encounter, and we're going to talk some about that today. Jesus is greater. Say, Jesus is greater. Now, when we say it again later, I want you to say it like you truly are believing it for whatever you need him to be greater than. But today we're going to look at what I struggled with um, in my early years thinking that, you know, this was the, well, the word is this. The word is temptation. Jesus is greater than temptation. Now, temptation is, is a is an interesting word when you really start to dig in and study what is temptation. Temptation in and of itself isn't necessarily sin. Giving into the temptation, that becomes the sin. So then I started to really think about, and usually as I start prepping for a Sunday service, I, I, I'll reread some of the notes that I'd made maybe a month or so ago on Monday. So Monday I was reading through some notes and then all week long, I felt like everywhere I turned, I was being tempted. A snack crate came in the mail. That was a huge temptation, and it sits right next to my recliner, and it's just not good. But temptation is hard, and I can remember growing up thinking that I had to walk around through life like this just so I would never be tempted. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a TV. I couldn't go outside and, 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 and walk down Main Street and, buy, and never go by an alleyway because there could be temptation down that alleyway. So, so I spent a life of trying to avoid temptation. Now, I want you to hear me clearly today. I'm not telling you to go look for temptation. But you will be tempted. And if you try to live a life where you're constantly trying to avoid temptation, you will live a life that's untested. Because temptation is that. Temptation is testing. Who likes tests? Now, who likes to study for tests? Who gets nervous before a test? And so, I was, I was one. I probably was not a good studier because I could take a test and do fairly well on the test. But, but I, my sister, on the other hand, she's not in here, so I can't, I can't pick on her. You just don't tell her. But she was one that would say that she would study really, really hard for tests and then still struggle on the tests. And I know there's those that are out there that are that way. Not a lot of people like tests, and there's a lot of nervous anticipation that comes before you take a test. But the reality is this, even though you're out of school or maybe you still are in school, you will still be tested. You are going to be tested. Maybe you're being tested right now just trying to stay awake as the pastor keeps going on and on about tests. You will be tested. And so uh, we're going to talk about temptation today, and I want to um, encourage you, though, in this fact that Jesus is greater than temptation. Now, here's the problem. As I see it today, I know that the church, you and I, are set apart to be the hope of the world and our world being woodland. And I know that. I know that 
that you have a calling to reach this city. We all have a calling to reach this city. We, we gather in, in meetings like Growth Track to talk about how uh, strategically and intentionally we're going to prepare ourselves to reach the city for the sake of the gospel. For our, you know, The Lord Jesus didn't die just for you. He died for you and for all those that are still lost. So I know that the Lord has set us apart to be a big in that work. But the enemy would have you be disqualified. And the disqualifying of you and I, it starts with temptation. And then when you enter into temptation, which becomes sin, then this thing called shame and guilt creeps in that says now you're disqualified. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt disqualified because of shame or guilt? And this is the thing that uh, builds this holy anger within me or this righteous anger within me is the disqualifying of the church today or the disqualifying of the saints today. And so I want to encourage you, and that's why I do want to go into this, this whole topic of temptation, is I want to encourage you in how to live a life where you're not constantly being disqualified. You are set apart and you are a viable solution with Christ for those that are lost. And you don't need to be disqualified in that. Don't let guilt and shame be the thing that that causes you to say, I I can't, I, I won't, I'm not able. You are able, you can, and you should. And we're going to encourage you in that. Don't let shame and guilt be the disqualifier. Matthew 26, 41 says this. How do we keep from being disqualified? Well, it says watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Have you ever done something wrong and said, hey, I was really looking forward to being wrong? I said this this week. I I was encouraging some leaders as they were in this process of hiring and interviewing people. And I said, keep in mind, if you do a really good job in the hiring or the interviewing process, then you won't have to do the ugly thing on the other end. And the ugly thing is they didn't work out and you have to fire them. So, So don't take this part lightly. Because if you do this part right... The interviewing process, you really get to know the person, make sure it's going to be a fit for the organization and for the role that you're trying to hire them for, then you won't get into that place of guilt and shame at the end. We never hire anybody, is what I told them, with the intent that they will fail utterly and be a complete disappointment to themselves and us. You did not come to church today saying, I can't wait to go to church today. So I can leave feeling like an utter failure. And my goal is to not make you feel that way before you leave today. What I'm getting at is in this passage, it says the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit within you when you were saved, the Holy Spirit was stirred up within you. And the spirit within you is very much willing to be holy. It's very much willing to be a set apart is very much willing to go out and preach the gospel. Are are you not willing to encourage your neighbor or your family in Christ? I believe the willingness is there. But then there's this thing called the flesh. That darn flesh. 
It always rises up and wants to be in control. And it's in the simple things and it's in the big things. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what's the solution? The solution's in the beginning. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The test is not to enter into it. And so what can we do as believers that are being set apart to do a work? What can you do to keep from being disqualified? Let's watch and pray. James 1.12 is our next passage that I'd like to go to. James chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Now, I've got to stop for a minute just to, just to look at that one more time. Sometimes people say, well, God's testing me. Glory, hallelujah, God's testing me today. God doesn't test you. God equips you to pass the test. He doesn't test you. He equips you to pass the test. Because God in and of himself is perfect in all his ways. He doesn't cause bad things to happen. He is good all the time. God is good. The enemy is bad all the time. Satan is bad. Tests will come because tests come to see if you're qualified or disqualified. And, and people, what I want to encourage you in today is let's work hard to stay qualified for the sake of the gospel. So how do we work hard at it? We work hard at believing in the one that can equip us to pass the test. Because the enemy's going to test you. Now, let's continue on. So where do the tests come from? They don't come from the Lord. The Lord does not tempt us. Verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Say flesh. So the flesh is what lures us. The flesh is what many times can entice us to be tempted. 15 says this, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Uh, Sirius XM Radio right now has a, a Billy Graham station. And, and I've been listening to Billy Graham preach at me for a week now. And, and I could almost hear him preaching this. Do not be deceived, my brothers. And I would say, do not be deceived. How do you keep from being deceived? Well, Jason mentioned fake news. It's, it's listening to truth and not fake. It's listening to what is from above and not from here on earth. Where do we find that? It's found in Scripture. It's found in our time of prayer and meditation. Do not be deceived, my brothers. And then he goes on in verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
There's, there should be so much peace in that statement. There should be so much joy in this verse. Who, who likes change? I've talked a lot about this. I, I, for one, am one of the low percentile people that likes change. But I know that a majority of people do not. But how many like it when the people that you look to in your life are constantly changing? That's harsh. But we have a father that never changes. There is no variation. There is no shadow due to change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus and our Father God, they never change. Let's go on. You are able. Say, I am able. You are able through Christ to pass the test. The tests that you will encounter are passable. You can get a passing grade. It is possible. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says this, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands, let me start over. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So, therefore, anybody who thinks, I got this. Have you ever been there? I got this. I can do this. This past week, I would say actually it was a week ago Friday, I had a breakfast meeting with some individuals, and I left that meeting very, very, very concerned, very concerned about the future of of one of the programs that we have at Fourth and Hope. And as I left that meeting, I was really worked up, and I move quickly to this place of, I got this, and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and da, 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 and I was going to fix it. How many guys like to fix things? I like to fix things. I like to walk away and say, look at I fixed it, you know, and that's the mode I went into. And then I begin to realize as I was trying to figure out the fixing in my head that this is bigger than me, and there's some things I don't have control over. And then I begin to remember a conversation I'd had with the Lord probably five years ago. And he said this, Doug, I built this ministry, and I will keep this ministry going. I didn't build the ministry. People didn't build the ministry. In fact, the Lord encouraged me in that time, and he said to me, woe to the man that would call this his own. Because that ministry is the Lord's, and it's set apart for the sake of the Lord. So then I enter into this whole week of, of tremendous amount of concern about what's going to happen. But the Lord had given me an abundance of peace. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He had promised me something yesterday. That promise remains today and will continue to remain forever. And I could, I could rest in knowing that. And so as the week progressed, I watched his hand start to change things and start to adjust things and start to make things happen. And what I thought would be lost forever is probably going to be better in the future. It didn't take away. In fact, it will be added to because that's how God works. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he's got this take heed lest you fall. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So think about the sin that you've struggled with. Think about the temptation that you've entered into, that you've given into. Guess what? You're not the only one. It's happened to people before. There is no temptation that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond our ability 
beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. Say way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. Now we can get excited. Now we can get excited because the same temptation or the sin that we've been living, we have a way out. Now I know that, there, that sin can lead to ongoing sin. Some might call it addiction. And I know that there's things in our life that we gave in to temptation. It became sin in our lives, and it became a, a habitual sin that was known as a, an addiction. And, and I understand that, that you know, there's, we're wonderfully made creation. The way our, our mind works, our body works is, is incredible. Only an omnipotent and sovereign Lord could create us the way that he has. And I understand that in our brain that there's chemicals that fire and make things happen. But I also know that the enemy can use that for his detriment to us. What happens is, is we start to feed the flesh it causes our flesh to scream for those things that you have fed it with before. I want to say this so, it's, so you understand. Uh, Facebook even or social media, when you, when, you, when you post something on social media and you get the likes, we've talked about this before, and somebody likes your, your post or, or whatever that might be, it, that, that creates this uh, fulfillment or reward sensation in your body it's called dopamine, and it causes this chemical in your, your brain called dopamine to, to cause these things to bounce back and forth in your head that just makes you feel good. It's a feel-good thing. And who likes to feel good? I do. Therefore, snack crate, right? So I, d- I don't want to get into a teaching time about how our brain works and things like that. But what I will tell you is this. He died on the cross to save us from slavery to our flesh. He died on the cross to save us from the sin that would cause us to go into slavery to the flesh. The thing that says, I have to have whatever that might be. The sugar, the drug, the sex, whatever that might be that causes you to say, I have to have that before I have time with the Lord. That is sin, and that leads to death. That disqualifies you from doing the work of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying to live completely without sin, although that is the goal, but we will sin. We will fall short, but God through His Son, has made a way for us to be qualified again. See, I'm qualified. And you are qualified with Christ. But people, what I'm trying to encourage us in is this part at the beginning that says temptation before the sin and the addiction, and there will be new temptations and new tests. You have a way out. There is a way out, and this is how we pray. Lord, when the temptation comes my way, help me to see and know the way out. Encourage me, Lord, to take that way and not the other way. Encourage me in the watch and pray aspect of my life. 
Because as you encourage me in the watch and pray aspect of my life, it equips me to make the right decision when temptation comes my way. Because church, we have a calling. It's a great calling. We have a vision. We're believing for 500. But the enemy would say no. In fact, he won't say it loudly. He'll say, here's a temptation. And here's a, another temptation. And another temptation. And, and let me help you enter into that temptation. And now you have a sin that comes with guilt and shame. And you're disqualified. And so church, I'm saying, wait, warning, alert. Let's pay attention. Watch and pray. Because we have a calling. We have a purpose. We have a future. And I want all of us to participate in that and not be disqualified. Will we enter into temptation from time to time? But I would say this, let it be less. Let it be fewer and farther between episodes of entering into temptation. Let's start to watch and pray and walk fully and completely in His will. According to His power and according to His authority. So we can be more and more qualified and what he is going to do through this place. It's a hard message. I struggled even going through it. And then I started to know temptation in my own life. More and more all week long. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jason, go ahead if you'd come. Now that we've gotten to this place, we're really just kind of down. He's talking about temptation and sin, and I don't even know anymore. I give up. No, don't. And James says it. James says this. James 1, 2 to 3 says, count it all joy, my brothers. Whoop, whoop. Count it all joy. Why? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials or tests of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You're going to face temptation, and at some point, you're going to win. And every time you win, you start to grow more steadfast in your faith, more steadfast in your walk, more Christ-like in how He created you to be. Temptation in itself isn't bad. It's entering into it. That's not good. But count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. You're going to leave here today, and you're going to be tempted. Woo! The test is coming. The finals are almost here. Woo! It's, it, I know it's... It's kind of anti what we typically feel. We, we don't look forward to tests, but I'm telling you, look forward to the test. Because without the test, you would not grow. But because of the test, you have a way out and you have an ability to grow. So leave encouraged. Leave with your spirits high. James was so right when he says, count it all joy. Because you're testing will produce faith, and your faith produce steadfastness. Jesus knew, and Jesus knows 
Hebrews 4, it says this in verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus was sent to us through the heavens. He's Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Isn't that nice to know? Have you ever had a hard time and you went to visit with somebody and you were sharing them and you were talking all about yourself again and, and I know how that is. Boy, my life is just horrible. It's, this is hard. This is hard. And they've looked at me and you said, you know what? I know. I've been there and I understand. That's who you have in Jesus. For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet he did it without sin. Not only does he understand the temptation, not only has he provided a way out, but he has taken the way out through every temptation every time. Let us then with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. Would you all stand? Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? This verse here says, and then let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. When you come to that place of temptation, what will you do at that point in time? Will you draw near to the throne of grace so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need? Lord, I love you, and I thank you. And, Lord, I know that we're going to be facing temptation. We don't live in a world that is perfect yet. The new world has not yet to come. But in this world, you have made a way for us to live a life that is set apart. You've made a way for us to live a life that is qualified to do the work. And, Lord, I pray for each and every person here today, because we're all tempted to some degree or another. My temptation may not be the same as a brother's, but temptation is still temptation, and you're aware of them all. But Lord, as temptation comes our way, I pray that we can encourage one another and that you'll encourage us to come to the throne of grace and mercy to find our help, to make the choice to not enter into it. Now, God, I know that there's those of us here that have entered into temptation, that have sinned. And, Lord, there's this guilt and there's this shame that does not come from the Father of lights. In fact, it comes from the enemy. And it's, may, it's meant to disqualify us, to make us feel lesser than what we ought to be. But, God, I know that I can't be qualified without you, but in you I can not only be qualified, but I become royalty we become royalty. We become adopted sons and, and daughters. 
of the Most High King. That's quality, and that's qualifying. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King. And so, God, as we leave this place today, I pray that you don't just encourage us to overcome the temptation. You don't just help us to overcome the temptation. But, Lord, we'll walk in the forgiveness that is available to all of us. Forgiveness of sin. Who's here this morning that needs to know that forgiveness? Maybe you've been living your life in such a way that, okay, I'm saved and I'm just trying to make it. But I'm saying, no, who is ready to walk out a life of forgiveness? And that's a life where you're not walking around constantly feeling guilty or let down or ashamed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand this morning? Do you want to live a life of forgiveness, not of guilt and shame any longer? I see those. Thank you. Thank you. Dear God, you see the hands. And so what that tells me, Lord, is there's been guilt, there's been shame, there's been hurt. But Lord, today, this day, March 4th, 2018, we agree that we're walking in forgiveness, no longer in shame and guilt. And Lord, help us just, I allow, Lord, we pray that you would allow your spirit to come over us in such a way that we can sense the freedom of forgiveness. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this day. This is a new day. And yes, Lord, I know there's a new dawn on the horizon. But Lord, as we prepare for that day, I thank you for this message, a message of preparation. You're an awesome God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's.